0: Welcome to Chan's The Man Apologetics. I'm your host, Chan Heron, where I discuss doctrine, apologetics, behavior, the Christian worldview, and sometimes just tell stories. I am pro-life because it is wrong to kill an innocent human being. The science of embryology demonstrates that at the early stages of development, you were a living, distinct, and whole human being. You just weren't developed yet. And there are no relevant differences between the embryo you once were and the adult you are today that would justify killing you then. Differences of size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency are not good reasons to justify killing you then but not now this summer we saw the supreme court overturn the roe versus wade ruling and with that ruling the supreme court sent the decision on abortion back to the states and it seems like that the abortion debate is such an emotional, divisive issue that it's hard for people to talk about it without getting upset. But I think it's a conversation we must have. And the abortion debate really comes down to one question. What is the unborn? So even though I gave you guys uh, a short Pro-life case at the beginning What I'd like to do now is I'd like to unpack That the pro-life argument Can be laid out in a Syllogism It is wrong to intentionally Kill an innocent human being Abortion Intentionally kills An innocent human being Therefore abortion Is wrong Now let's Talk about this for a second let's do a thought experiment suppose you're a parent you have you're you're the parent of a toddler and one day you're in the kitchen or living room or your bedroom or somewhere you're, you're doing work in your room and your back is to your child your toddler and your child walks in and says mommy daddy can i kill this so before you answer the question Mommy, Daddy, can I kill this? You need to ask a preceding question. Well, what is it? Is it a roach? Is it a spider? Is it the neighbor's cat? Is it the neighbor's child? The answer to the question, can I kill this, is dependent on the question, what is it? And that is what we are asking in the abortion debate. The abortion debate needs to be simplified. First of all, we live in a visual culture. We live in a culture that learns and thinks visually. We also live in a relativistic culture, a culture who does not think that there's any objective truth or objective morals. It's it's completely relative. What your truth is for me may not be somebody else's truth. That's what relativism means. We also live in an avoidance culture. Avoidance culture wants difficult problems to just go away. So our task then becomes to make a case for a relativistic visual and avoidance culture. Now I'm arguing that from the moment of conception till natural death, A person is a living, distinct, and whole human being. They're not part of a living being like the skin cells on the back of your hand. They are a whole, distinct, living human being. Now, we get this from the science of embryology and the law of biogenesis. The law of biogenesis states that living things produce other living things after their kind. So, dogs produce dogs, cats produce cats, human beings produce human beings. So, if you want to know what the thing in question is, all you have to do is look at its parents. Now, let's suppose that we do not know when life begins. Let's say life doesn't begin at conception, but it begins sometime between conception and viability, or conception and birth, however you want to define it. Now, this is not my position. My position is life begins at conception. But let's just say we didn't know. We didn't We didn't have scientific evidence. We didn't have medical evidence for it. We just didn't know. Then shouldn't the benefit of the doubt be given to life if we don't know? I think of hunters who go in the woods whether they're deer hunting and and so they're sitting on the deer stand, they're waiting for that big buck to come across their view. And then off to their left, they hear or leaves rustling and they turn and they don't see anything. Well, shouldn't they just fire into the bushes in case it's the deer? Well, no, because what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong, it's not a deer, it's another hunter or a child, then you have made a grave error. Well, shouldn't we do that with the abortion issue if we do not know when life begins? Doesn't that seem reasonable? So according to the law of biogenesis, living things produce other living things after their kind. So I think it's commonsensical to say that if the parents are human, their offspring is going to be human as well. What about the philosophical argument? What science can show you is that it is a human, but science can't tell you whether or not you should kill it. This is where we need some philosophy and morality. There are only four differences between the embryo that you once were And the mature adult you are today, and none of them justify killing you then, but not now. So let's talk about those four differences. One is size. Is the unborn child of a different size than a mature adult? Of course. On average, men are larger than women. Does that mean that men have more rights just because they're larger? If you've ever seen that picture of Shaquille O'Neal standing next to Simone Biles, the the gymnast, he's huge compared to her. Does that mean Shaquille O'Neal has 10 times more rights than her because he's larger? That doesn't seem like a relevant difference that would justify killing an embryo then, but not now. How about level of development? Is the child in the womb less developed than the toddler? Of course. But a four-year-old girl is not as developed as a 14-year-old girl. Does that mean that we can kill the four-year-old and not the 14-year-old? Of course not. That just doesn't seem like a very good reason that would justify killing an embryo back then because of its level of development but not a person today how about where you are is it true that the unborn is in a different environment of course it is in the womb since when does location cause a person to stop being themselves I'm willing to bet that every one of us today changed locations. You went from maybe your home to work or school. Did you stop being you? Where you are has no bearing on who you are. So environment or location is not a good reason to justify killing the embryo then, but not killing a person now. Degree of dependency. It is true that the unborn depends on its mother for life. But aren't we all dependent in some degree? For example, a person who has diabetes is dependent on insulin. A person who has a broken leg is dependent on crutches to walk. Maybe somebody can't walk, so they use a wheelchair. A person who can't see very well is dependent on glasses. Aren't we all dependent? dependent to some degree and since when is degree of dependency a relevant reason for taking an unborn embryo's life then but not a person now do you see that none of these are really good reasons to justify killing the unborn we also have the biblical view which demonstrates the humanness of the unborn child let's look at the biblical case for the humanness for the personhood of uh, the unborn this goes all the way back to the beginning this is in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 then god said let us make mankind in our image In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So since the beginning, we see that mankind has been made in the image of God. And what that means is that We reflect God in certain characteristics. So God has a mind, he has a will, he has emotions, and we have mind, will, and emotions. Those are all attributes of personhood. Well, Chan the Unborn doesn't have those. Yes, they do. They're just not actualized yet. They just haven't been demonstrated yet, and it's only because of their age and their level of development but they do have that capacity. But probably the most famous verse in the Bible that demonstrates that the unborn are human comes from Psalm chapter 139, verse 13. This is a Psalm of David, and listen to the description that David gives us. For you Saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before. One of them came to be. Do you see the description that David is giving about our frame, how we were woven together, how God saw our unformed body? But in that situation, David is david. he He's a, a living, distinct and whole human being. He's just not developed yet. Now, as a pro-life person who follows Jesus of Nazareth, we want to use all types of truth to our advantage. Scientific truth is God's truth. Philosophical truth is God's truth. And biblical truth is God's truth. We don't want to be a one-hit wonder. But I think we should use all three of these. I think we should use the scientific case to show that the unborn are human, the philosophical case to show that the unborn are human, and the biblical case to show that the unborn are human. What we'll do next is we'll look at some common objections that's used to justify the pro-choice position and how we can answer these. Thank you for listening to Chans the Man Apologetics, where I discuss doctrine, apologetics, behavior, the Christian worldview, and sometimes just tell stories.